Christ is risen. Christos anesti. Almasia cam. Christos voscresi. Christos anveat. Christos a resucitado. Christ is risen. Glory to God. You know, it's very important, I think, that uh, we don't just say these words, but we really begin to understand that they're the center of our, if this is the center of our life. Christ is risen. We don't belong to this world. Christ has opened the gates of paradise to us. Paradise. We're, we're passing through. We live in a temporary life looking forward to an eternal life. And our problem sometimes is we get stuck right here, right? We get stuck in the stuff, in these things. And it makes life hard and difficult. And we, it's a drudgery. It's, it's uh, kind of drags. We feel like we've dragged along. Too much to do and too little time. Right? So we have to understand and look beyond that. We live not simply here. We are in the world, but we are not of it. This is so critical for us. This is the center pin of our life. Christ is risen. Opening the gates to us, opening us up, opening for us the gates of paradise. This is how we see everything. This should be our lens. These are the glasses we put on every day, right? Christ is risen. Right? Boom, those go on. That's how we look at life. Yes, that's important, but that's not that important. Yes, that's difficult, but I'm headed for another place. Yes, life is hard, but there is a joy in it, and we're going to a greater joy. So important that we see these things and put this in perspective. I think in these uh, texts, we see the power of God. We see healing, uh, the paralytic, the healing of Aeneas, and the raising of the dead of beloved Tabitha. So we see the power of God in this. We also see the power of these words that God says to us, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Very important that we kind of put all this together. So, the power of the resurrection. We live in this power. We, we engage it. We're given, it, it is given to us at baptism. You know, it's, it, the, the picture of baptism is kind of a sad one in the gospel text uh, at the pool of Bethesda because only one got it. Right? When the water was troubled, how many got blessed? One. And when Christ came, how many get blessed? Everybody that goes in. Everybody that goes in. The door is open to paradise. The door is open by God to all of us to participate in the healing power of the water. So what was received by you at your baptism? Now, I want you to get excited about this. You're not excited yet, but you should be excited by the end of this. What did you receive? 
The grace of redemption. The fountain of incorruption. The gift of sanctification being made holy. The gift, the remission of sins, the remedy of infirmities, the final destruction of demonic influences, illumination of the soul, and the renewal of the spirit. Wow! And there's no side effects. And it's free. What a God we have. What a God we have who gives us this, this life to live, this power to live in, this power of the resurrection, the power of baptism given to us, these blessings we received at holy baptism. Our struggle is we don't walk in these things. We don't realize that they're present in us. And we let this world kind of wash over us rather than to step into it with these, this knowledge that this is about who we are. This is about who we have become. You're a little excited, maybe just a little. Just a tad. And we're called to be restored to wholeness, not to be walking around all paralyzed. Okay, We're, we're, we're called to be restored to wholeness, to be whole people. You know, I, I share this a little bit sometimes with people. Uh, one of my favorite movies and maybe yours, is Rocky. And uh, Adriana, Adrian, uh, he said, why does he like Adrian? Because she's got gaps, and I've got gaps, and we fill each other's gaps. That's really bad, by the way. That's not a good idea. Because gaps and gaps means you're leaning on each other and depending on each other all the time, and that wears people out. We're called to be whole. Every once in a while, we have to lean down. The other person can what? Get us back to wholeness. This is critical to us, for us to understand. It's not okay to just depend on somebody else to fill your gaps. You need to get them filled by Christ. To become whole in Christ. This is a critical thing for us to understand. That's what baptism, that's what living this life is about. To become whole in Christ. To become chaste. To become sober. To become whole. That's our goal. So that's what we're given at baptism. And the power to heal. The beauty, the beauty of the healing of the paralytic. The wonderful healing of Aeneas and the beautiful raising of Tabitha from the dead. What beautiful things. Uh, there's a line in here that I think is very critical. And this, I remember one of the Father's Hopko's talks was, the line is, the Lord comes to the pool and he says to the paralytic, do you want to be healed? And I remember Father Hopko's line was, no, I'm just sitting here getting a suntan. That's a very important question. Do you want to be healed? Because guess what's going to happen if you get healed? You're going to change your life. 
it's going to be changed. When God touches you, you change. And are you ready to be changed? Do you want to be changed? Do you want to get rid of those things that God, that you have, that you know you need to get rid of, but maybe you hold on to them a little bit because they bring you pleasure? Because they protect you. They keep people away from you. You know, anger, resentment, bitterness is a shield. It keeps people away. We can use it. And if we get rid of it, guess what happens? We let those people in again. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to do that? Let them in. Let them close. Let them love you. Do you want to be healed? Big question to us. So I would encourage you to say yes and be courageous about changing. Be courageous about it. Let, let, let that be there. Let God open that door for you. It's such an important thing to do because we can live on one side of that and live with this pleasure and protection. But that's a hard place to live. On the other side, there's joy and peace. Joy and peace. So that's what we have to learn to do. When God comes to us and, and says, do you want to be healed? It's a serious question. Because it means change. It means opening yourself up to him and to other people. So may we say yes to that. And illness, 38 years. Ah, why a long time? Why didn't God just come sooner? So allowing the paralytic to persevere, to build character, to build hope, to find the love of Christ. Why, why a long time? Why, why, why does God let us step through, live in these things longer than we would want? Because it builds character. It's an important piece of our Christian faith. God doesn't let us out of things quickly. Because he knows that if we stay in them courageously, begging help from God, there will be a building of Christian character. Patience, endurance, long-suffering, forgiveness, joy, all that will be a manifestation of enduring for a long period of time. You know, it's an important thing to know that, you know, we have a patron saint that knows all about perseverance. In his bishopric in Alexandria, uh, for 20 years, he was uh, exiled five times. Had to leave five times. Only at the end of his life did he have a little bit of peace. But who do we call him? Saint Athanasius. Saint Athanasius. He endured. He built character. There's a line in uh, St. Gregory uh, of Nyssa says, uh, uh, cast from a, 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 a propitious glance and, and allow us to live with you, stand with you in, your, in the holy place with all the saints. So we understand that persevering, enduring over time is a critical thing for us. So don't step away from perseverance. Don't step away from it. 
Ask God to turn to God in it, not in your own strength, but to God your, God your strength. And then he says, go and sin no more to the paralytic. Go and sin no more. Indicating that his paralysis was at least in part due to sin, due to something in his life. Sin has consequence. You all know that. Sin has consequences. And if we don't understand the consequences, we're, we, we, we walk around wounded. Okay? We walk around wounded. We sin and we just think a simple little forgiveness is enough. It sometimes is, but most of the time it's not enough. You know, there's a beautiful prayer. Holy Trinity, have mercy on us, Lord. Cleanse us from our sins, Master. Pardon our iniquities. Holy God, visit and heal our infirmities for thy name's sake. There's three things that happen here. One is God forgives. Okay? God forgives. And God cleanses. And he also heals us. Because sin does three things. It is a sin. It's an offense to God and needs to be forgiven but it also dirties our garment, and we need to be cleansed. And it also wounds us, we need to be healed. That's why I would encourage you very much to be more regular in confession. Con confession gives us these things. It gives us the opportunity to be healed, opportunity to be cleansed, not just forgiven. God is a forgiver. We know that. And we feel that many times when we just say to God, God, forgive me. We feel that forgiveness. But there's also a cleansing and also a healing that needs to take place there. So I'd encourage you very much to understand that all these things need to take place in you. When a sin happens, you need to be cleansed, you need to be forgiven, and you need to be healed. So this is so important to understand the dynamic of that. Because we wonder sometimes why we step back into it. Why do we sin and then confess and then sin again? Because we haven't been healed properly. You know, it's like saying, okay, I broke, I'm a football player, I broke my leg. Okay, doc, fix the leg. Okay, let's go play. Crash. Right? What happens? Right away. What, what needs to happen between the broken leg and me playing again? Heal, I need to be healed. I need time. It needs to be time. Those sins that are repetitive are there probably because you have, there's not been a proper healing. So come to confession. Get some good advice from a good priest. I'm not assuming that. but It's very important to understand that. So, and go to the temple. What did he do? He went to the temple and he thanked God. Be thankful when you've been restored. Come to the temple. Thank God. Be rejoicing. And I would encourage you to, in all of this, to accept through the power of the resurrection, your own baptism, understanding that we live in this, in this life that's kind of uh, umbrellaed by the resurrection of Christ. And that's our centerpiece. I want to encourage you to not be afraid to make radical changes in your life. Radical. 
radical Christian change. To say, okay, I am done with anger. I am done with these lustful practices. I am done with this resentment. I'm done. It's no longer accessible. It's no, long, it's no longer a part of me. I want to be finished with it. Make a radical choice to do that and depend on God, really, and get guidance to do this. But I, it's important that we don't see our Christian faith as a simple little, uh, I go to church, I do good things, I pay my bills, I do my tithe, I take care of my children. That's not enough. It's what everybody's supposed to do. We're supposed to become holy people. Holy people. So my encouragement to you is take a look at all this. This beautiful life we've been given, this power that God is giving to us that we might live this life. And don't be afraid to make radical changes with the help of God and the church. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.